One of life's greatest questions is, what happens to us after we die? Is death the end or a new beginning? Welcome to the Round Trip Death Podcast. In this show, we listen to first-hand accounts of people who have gone beyond the veil and return to talk about it. So happy to have on the show with us today, Jennifer Morris. Jennifer, how are you? Hi, uh, I'm doing great. It's good to be here with you. Jennifer, I hear you're in some cold weather. Yes, it is very cold where I am. I, I'm in Illinois. Uh, you know, typical end of December, January uh, coldness that we deal with. So, yeah, I think a lot of us are dealing with the same situation. So for our listeners in the Southern Hemisphere, and I know we have quite a few, uh, you're, they're enjoying summer down there and... Well, you'll get your turn. Anyway, we are grateful for the snow and everything around here. Hey, if you wouldn't mind, I would love our listeners to get to know you just a little bit before we get started talking about your near-death experience. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. I am a wife, a mother. I have one amazing daughter um, and her and our son-in-law, Um I, before all my spinal issues and surgery happened, I worked in law enforcement and I was a dispatcher and then a clerk at uh, uh, two different police departments I worked at at the same time. I absolutely loved my job, uh, but then all the severe spinal issues started occurring and I had to quit and I'm now disabled. So um, I remain positive. I, I take the good from the bad and I try to learn from all my experiences. I, I like to look inward at myself and evaluate how I am being perceived um, by others. Well, let's just start off with a great big smile today. How about that? That's great. All right. Um, your near-death experience, I know, is still pretty fresh to you. You've really not talked publicly about it very much yet. Um, take us back to January of 2022, so just under a year from when we're recording this right now, and tell us what was going on with you physically. I was in my um, eighth spinal surgery. I've had... Uh, neurostimulator surgery, uh, one that went severely wrong, and I now have disabilities from. Um, but I, this was my second fusion. And when I went to the hospital, we had an agreement because the hospital was overcrowded that I would go home that day. And the surgery went well, everything was fine. And, you know, we came home, and all of a sudden, about four hours later, my daughter checked on me and I wasn't acting right. I couldn't speak, jumping up and down. She said I was screaming, but I, I don't remember any of that. So what was it that was going on? I was taken to the hospital and thank God that I had a emergency room physician that was so smart and realized that 
I had sepsis and my kidneys shut down, my lungs closed and filled with fluid. Um, I had encephalopathy, which I think is a fancy word for lack of oxygen and brain swelling. Took them over an hour to try to stabilize me, about an hour and 15 minutes. But both my ER physician and I, because I was lucky enough to be able to talk to him about this, um, we both agree that my near-death experience most likely occurred when I was in the emergency room. So what happened? I was unconscious, and I was unconscious for two and a half days. All of a sudden, I got into consciousness, and I was floating in this vast open area. It was grayish-white with a bright white light off in the distance. I had 10 family members next to me, and there were two larger golden orbs. They, they were just radiating energy, and uh, below me was pitch black, and I could see silhouettes of people writhing through it. So I'm perceiving this as a good and a bad experience. That's I'm trying to I'm trying to absorb that. That was there was a whole lot there in those few sentences. Let's come back into I want to talk more about your family members you saw. But but first, so you looked down and saw people that were, you would say, in kind of a hell kind of place? Yes. Um that I, I was told there's many different levels that when we pass away, it really kind of based on how we are um, emotionally and treating people uh, and what's in our heart and, and what we do good for mankind um, and just other reasons, we could end up at many different levels. And I perceived this as, like I said, good and bad, evil and good. And I, I had the intense feeling that this was a place for people that committed very bad sins and they were kind of stuck in this level. Not to say that we can't move on from the level, but I would say that this is the first place that when they passed away, um, they're having to deal with despair and kind of torture and it's dark it's pitch black, and they're just in darkness. So it's not the fire and brimstone that we hear about. No. What, what Everything was telepathic, and, and I didn't even have my eyes open, and I could see myself floating in, in this vast open space, and there was it, it was extremely peaceful. It was so serene, and all the pain that I've had um, just it was completely gone and I was so comforted and I felt so much love and I knew I could die. I thought of my family and I knew they could lose me, but then I also was comforted by the thought that they will be watched over if I was to go. I was initially told that I was awaiting a decision. I was told that they want us to be loving and caring 
and be one with everybody. Let me ask you, who was telling you this? These very large golden orbs that were in front of me. And when I looked off into the bright white light, I could also see golden orbs going through it, a lot of golden orbs. And these orbs were giving me all this information. They told me that they had a um, message and it, it's taken me a year to even get this message out publicly. Um, it's been very difficult. I've had a very rough year. I was reading about NDEs and it said that if you have a NDE with darkness that usually after you go through a period of shock, then you'll go into a period of deep depression. And that's exactly what happened to me. But um, they, they gave me a message that if we do not change from now until possibly 30 years in the future, that they will make the decision to reset the world, to reset and change humanity. And the vision they gave me was from the Pacific Ocean um, straight across through the Gulf. And th this event would only be a God-created event. Um, I, I know the San Andreas Fault is there. And when this event occurs, a vast cavernous opening will happen from the ocean and the Pacific all the way through to the Gulf. And it's going to start a cataclysm of water and land falling away. And the, the San Andreas Fault in that part of Cal California will all be gone. They were like reiterating to me that if this was to occur, and it's very possible that uh, how the ice caps are melting, um, it, if the global warming issue with the ice melting and this event opening up in the Pacific Ocean, if that was to occur at the same time, then it's definitely going to be a reset. There's no going back. There's no, no humanity. So, yeah, they want us to change. Okay, so by us... Everybody in this country and the whole world, who needs to change? The whole world. Um, they are extremely distraught about the state of the world, about war, uh, about everybody treating each other badly. Even our, our thoughts are, you know, if we're thinking of sinful things, they just want us to love each other and be caring and kind and, and lending. And through this experience, I'm having a spiritual awakening. I have always gone back and forth through religion and, and I never absorbed it. The, the first time I went to church after the NDE, everything that was spoken that day in scripture, I knew it, it's, 
not like before, I'm just listening to it and, you know, yeah, 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 it's a story. But no, now I feel it within me. It, there are scriptures that are very accurate. I found a, a passage in, in Matthew that fits this very well. I don't know if you'd like me to speak of it, but... Yeah, go ahead and read it to us. It's Matthew seven twelve, and it says, But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and reward will be great. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, also do to them. Love is patient, kind, and it's not arrogant and rude. And I think this fits very well to what they were trying to explain to me. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm, I've got this all clear. So they that were talking to you were these two giant golden orbs. Yes. Right? Yes. And they, and they gave you a message to tell the world here which is, we need to shape up, we need to be better people. Right. And if we don't, this cataclysmic event is going to happen. But if we do, it won't happen. Right. I got all that right? Okay. This is, re this is really fascinating because most of the NDEs, um, this doesn't happen. They're, you know, they're just, they have a very personal experience and have a message maybe for the world, but not... Not something that's more, um, I hate to use this term maybe, but more prophetic as far as, hey, right. you know, shape up or else. So I find it very interesting. Why do you think you were given this message versus somebody else? Or maybe somebody else was? I think that I've always had guardian angels. I, I've always had people praying for me. I... I really feel that my family that has crossed over, they've really been, I don't know if you want to say, speaking to these energies or entities that they want me to be saved, especially my father. And I, I really feel like, you know, somebody's working for me and I, I did have also a personal message for myself. They did finally come back and tell me that I need to work on myself. And then I need, and I also need to be here for my daughter. Um, you know, there's a lot of personal issues that we're dealing with. I, I think as far as me working on myself, I believe it's the message to get my words right, to get my scripture right. And so I can spread this message clearly. Um, and that's what I've been doing. I, I've been working, um, reading through scriptures, reading through the Bible. But recently I have had puzzle pieces fit together. I recalled some things that happened to me, not in an NDE, but a few years back. They're, they're kind of... I guess we could say they're kind of out there as something that would happen. But um, I had a an experience, and it's a weird place for this to happen, but I had an experience at night 
going down the tollway to Chicago. And all of a sudden, this unbelievable bright copper gold light just flashed in front of me. And my husband didn't see this, but I seen it. And I had to lift my arm up and cover my eyes because it, it was so bright. But within that light was a tablet. And it was filled with Roman numerals. And in that instant, I was able to get the first Roman numerals. And it, it was... X-I-V-X-I-V-I-I-X-I. And I looked that up according to the Bible, and it says it has to do with the number 14. And I've been trying to, you know, read the scriptures and see if any of those fit um, to my experience, because I'm starting to think that these things that I've seen in the past are all related. Um, last December... I was letting my dogs out and I had the door open and um, the whole family had COVID really bad, but I, I was just looking up at the sky and all of a sudden this big orb, it had flashing colors going throughout, throughout it. It was red and green and blue and um, it was very close to my house and it was very low and I have it on video and, and I think it was connected to me. And again, I had that, that um, like magnetic pull feeling and I get that in, in my chest and it, it just feels like I'm being pulled towards something. I'm starting to think that these, these things are connected. I, I mean, I don't see any other reason why I would have these experiences. I mean. Yeah. What does the video look like that you took? It's actually on my husband's page. I've been having trouble getting it out of my old Facebook page, but um, it's December 21st, 2021 on my husband, Steve Morris's Facebook page. And it's the sky. It's all black. It's sort of clear. You can see a few stars, but you can clearly see this orb moving and changing color and, and it was there and you know I know they say if you witness something just video it as long as you can but I couldn't because I was so sick with COVID and, and I have about I, I don't know maybe five minutes of it okay we'll try to we'll try to work out you and I getting this video and we'll post it in our social media for people too um well that's a lot to take in uh do you do you have any any impression, um, you know, now that you've had a little time to think about it, back to your NDE when you saw these two big orbs, do you think they represented uh, like God or a person or an angel or what's your feeling on it? Yes. Um, I know that people have had NDEs and, and they've seen, you know, they've seen Mary, they've seen Jesus, they've seen God and, and heaven and my experience is teaching me that all of those words, uh, spirit, God, Jesus, those are like labels of comfort, you know, us as humans so we can understand. But my NDE was completely energy-based. The orbs 
of the golden orbs were complete radiating energy. Even my family members, they, they were half orb and half as I remember them. And I think too that even God, what we're calling God is he's a higher power. He's like the one that runs the show. And these golden orbs, which there's many, many golden orbs, they are able to assist people in transition. Tell me about the 10 family members that you saw. Do you know who they were by name? Yes, I know all of them. I have a, a painting that I did. So were these grandparents? Were these people that you knew? Yes. You know, when my father passed away, I was devastated. Right? I'm a daddy's girl, spoiled, as everybody called me, but I, I was truly devastated. And I ever, I thought that if I ever seen my father, I would just be hysterical, crying. And, you know, all these 10 family members were there. And it went from my father to my godmother to my godfather, my dad's two brothers, and three more of my dad's aunts. And my dad's mother um, had 10 sisters and one brother. So um, I, I could see them all very clearly, like, what they looked like. But what was amazing is that the bottom half of them was energy. It was orb. So it, it was pretty profound. And were these people that have all passed away? Yes, they are. Okay. I have always felt like my grandmother has been my guardian angel since I was little. And was that confirmed during this experience? Well, I, I got the feeling that you know, my father, my godmother, and my grandmother are, are the three that are really looking out for me. Or I, I felt pulled to them the most. Okay. You know, I can see why you haven't talked about this much, because right here, this is a safe space. I have no reason not to believe anything that you're saying. Some people, when you tell them about a cataclysmic event that may happen, are going to think you're one of those, you know, wackos that's going to get a big following and, yeah. you know, build a camp someplace or something. Yeah, and now that I've gone through this experience and I'm trying to learn how to speak more clearly about the event, I, I'm coming into contact with some people that, you know, outright said that hey, there's no way I made it up. I'm looking for attention, which is kind of funny to me because I was ne I'm never the type of person that likes attention on me. So it has been difficult. Did you tell somebody, your minister, pastor, whatever at church about this? And how did that person respond? Yes. When I was in the um, hospital, I spoke to the pastor uh, one other thing that happened to me when I came home and I was having those nightmares, I had a a shadow figure and a girl attached to me from the hospital. And you know, a lot of people don't believe in paranormal either, but my entire life I've had some type of paranormal experience. But um, when I came home from the hospital, this shadow figure 
was kind of plaguing me for a few days. And I did talk to my pastor about it. And even, um, you know, speaking with her, she, she agreed with everything I said it. And she believed that these things with shadow figures and spirits that, you know, she was in agreement with me about everything that I said. And she was very, um, very comforting. That must've been very reassuring. Yes. I, I felt so good after I talked to her. Um, you know, when, when I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting messages everywhere now and, and there'll be certain things like in a book or, you know, something that's said on TV. And I feel like it's a direct m- message that these orbs are sending to me. Uh, I've even spoke with my primary physician about this and he uh, told me that him and some other of his friends that are, are doctors that they all believe when the, the the soul separates from the body and you could see yourself, they believe that that is actually true, that you have passed on to another realm. And we talked about my whole NDE for an hour and he as well was very um, comforting. And every time I go to see my doctor, he calls me miracle girl now. <laughs> So, um, and actually all the doctors in the hospital, when they seen me, they, they said I was a miracle and they, they, you know, I didn't have all the oxygen back to my brain and they would come in and they they would look at me and they'd walk around the bed and they'd say, well, you're a miracle. You shouldn't be here. We don't know why you're here. And I didn't really absorb it because of the lack of oxygen. It, it took me some time to get all my thoughts back together and to realize that the NDE happened. All right. We'll call you Miracle from here on out. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no problem. Okay. Let's come back to what you were talking about. So some people are giving you a hard time when when you tell them about what happened or they read about what happened. Yeah, I, I actually had a few people, you know, put words in my mouth and, and telling me that I'm scared and, you know, that they, they don't know what they're talking about. They they don't know me. They don't know my life. They don't know my NDE. And, you know, I, I try to politely give um, replies back as gently as I can and, you know, try to explain to them, you know, this is my NDE and I'm just sharing it and sharing what I was told to share. So I can't help those people. (laughs) It's not up to me. What else did you see or hear or experience during the NDE? I I did see my, myself in the emergency room with a bunch of lines, you know, I had stuff in my nose and in my, arms and the oxygen and I could see the most of the emergency room so you saw what was happening with your body yes did you also see more in this spirit world you mentioned the light for example yes I I don't think you know they tell me I was awaiting a decision but that white light was so far off in the distance that 
I honestly, you know, I knew I could die and it really wasn't my decision, but, you know, I wasn't afraid and I really didn't think or feel that I, I would have to stay or I would go to the white light. Um, I really was just, you know, being given information and, you know, information to better my life. Based on the message that you were asked or told to give to us, let's get just a little more specific for a second, and then we'll wrap up here. What are some of the things that each of us can be doing better? I don't know if I find the right words, but we need to encourage each other. We need to deal with situations without violence. We need to lend a helping hand if somebody needs it. We shouldn't be asking of things in return. We really need to become one. And this world is supposed to be about love and kindness and everybody getting along in any situation. So I believe this is what they're telling me. You know, they really want us to change. And and there's a lot of scripture that it's right there in front of us and we're not absorbing it. You know, there's a lot of bad news out there on the 10 o'clock news. Um, and now you're telling us some horrible cataclysmic event may happen. I know you have a message of hope too. Tell us what that is. I do feel that we can turn ourselves around. I, I mean, we are given such beauty in this world and we really do have a paradise here on earth. Um, we just have to see it. You know, we, we really shouldn't. I know everybody asks questions, what happens after we die? And I don't think for the vast majority of people that we really have to worry. Um, and I know that everybody that has lost a loved one, that their family members are, are watching over them and, and they will be there for them when it's their turn to cross over. On a scale of one to 10, how afraid of death are you? Zero. I'm not at all. I, I, I continually think about that peaceful, loving feeling. There's just no worries. There's no pain. There's just serenity. And it's a feeling that you just cannot compare to anything we have here on earth. I keep wanting to get back into that feeling, but I can't seem to do it here on earth. All right. Thank you for that message. And thanks for being on with us today. Thank you very much. If you have had a round trip death experience, we would love to hear about it. Send an email to eric at roundtripdeath.com. And lastly, if you have found this program uplifting, if it's given you just a little more hope in the future, share it with a friend, hit that follow button, and take a few seconds to write us a review. Until next time, I wish you everything good that you're looking for in this life and the next. Music